Way back in 2005, two brothers set off on a road trip that would save the world and change television. David and Sean Cassidy. No, not the Cassidys. That's a waste. No, it's Sam and Dean Winchester. Right. For 15 seasons and 327 episodes, Supernatural took audiences on a wild ride of family, fate, and faith with a rocking soundtrack and a seriously cool car. But that was then, Bobbo, and this is now. And yes, the show has quote-unquote ended, but we're not quite done with the journey. No, we're not. And that's why we're watching it all over again, or for Rob and me, for the first time, diving deep into every episode of Supernatural with the fine folks who made it. And we're taking you along for the ride. Whether you like it or not. I'm Rob Benedict. I played Chuck Shirley, a.k.a. God. Uh, spoiler! Yeah, it is a bit of a spoiler, but hey, spoilers are fair game here. I'm fine. And I'm Richard Spate Jr., and I played the Trickster, also known as the Archangel Gabriel. And I did a little bit of Loki work in there. Okay, you know we're running out of time. Okay, well, we'll be talking about the entire series, so whatever we say, accept it. You've been warned. So buckle up and settle in. Because this, my friend, is Supernatural, then and now. Hi, everybody. I'm Rob Benedict. And I'm Richard Spate Jr. And we are talking about season two of Supernatural, episode five. It is called Simon Says. Yeah. Simon Says. Simon Said, I think. Simon Said. Oh, Okay, so in this episode, Sam has a premonition of a local doctor committing a murder-suicide. Wait, he has a premonition like a local doctor? No, he has a premonition of... A local doctor committing murder suicide. Not like that. That the premonition that would otherwise be of a local doctor. <laughs> no, it's okay. his premonition. Okay. And in the premonition, a local doctor goes into a gun store, shoots somebody, and shoots themselves. Right. The brothers head to the roadhouse to get some advice from the other hunters there. Ah, the old roadhouse. Yeah, they get a lead on a guy named Andy Gallagher in Guthrie, Oklahoma. Sam and Dean pose as lawyers and find out where Andy parks the van he lives in. Because no one would doubt their legal credentials, what with his moppy surf hair and Dean's <laughs> biker-esque <laughs> persona. Yes, notice in this episode how Sam's uh, hair is starting to Dude. starting to head uh, south. Had its own trailer. The boys see Andy talking to the doctor Sam had visions about. Sam and Dean split up. Sam trails the doctor. Dean tails Andy. When Andy stops and asks Dean to give him the Impala, Dean seems to happily oblige. That was weird. Yeah, I was like, I was like, oh God, oh geez. That's it for baby? Yeah. Sam tries to prevent his vision about the doctor coming true. He's able to prevent him from going into a store to purchase a gun. However, Sam sees him answer his phone and then step in front of a moving bus and get offed by the bus. Yeah. Just after Sam sees Andy driving by in the Impala. What the? It's a bunch of madness on the road. Yeah. Guy hit by bus. Yeah. Guy not named Dean driving Impala. That's right. Sam and Dean find the car and Andy. The boys confront Andy, believing he's using mind control to kill people. Andy tries the power on Sam, but Sam's immune to it because Sam also has power, right? Right. However, Dean isn't, and he tells Andy everything in a very funny scene. Sam suddenly gets a vision of a woman setting herself on fire. Dean rushes to the scene, but it already happened. The brothers realize that Andy didn't make the call, so it may not be him. Right. And now we find out through a series of unfortunate events, or fortunate events, because the boys need this news, that Andy is not the kid he thinks he is. That's right. He was adopted. adopted. Right, exactly. And he's a twin brother. Yeah, he's got a twin. And they turn to go, well, who's the twin? Because maybe there's one good one and one bad one. Well, they do a little digging on the microfiche, and poof, guess who it is? It's the bus boy. Yeah, it's the bus boy, yeah. 
that guy is his twin brother. That's right. So Andy's got a twin brother working in the same restaurant where he frequents and kind of dates the uh, manager. That's right. And so then Sam sees a vision of this woman, the manager, in a nightgown on the, the edge of a bridge about, and, and she throws herself in. Right. So things are not going to go well for her if he doesn't intercede soon. That's right. So in the climax, they go to the bridge where this creepy twin brother is trying to talk her into losing her clothes and and maybe, I don't know, hooking up with him, and then he's going to convince her to throw herself off the bridge. Right. So they got to they enlist Andy's help for this, though. They can't do this on their own. That's right. So Andy's there, and then there's a big confrontation between Andy and the twin brother. The twin brother admits that he's been getting information from Yellow Eyes. He's getting instructions from the Yellow Eye demon, right? That's right. And Andy's like, we don't have to listen to the demon. Like, we can be our own guys. We've got these talents. We could do great things with these. But now the twin brother's all hell-bent on being bad. That's right. And right before the twin brother could wreak havoc and cause the girl to jump off the bridge, Andy shoots the twin brother in the chest. But not before. The twin brother commands Dean, who's in a sniper position, to take his own life. That was crazy. That was crazy. So the twin brother senses that Dean's got a gun aimed at him, mm-hmm. and he says, so long, or something creepy like that. And suddenly you see Dean take the barrel of the weapon and aim it under his own chin, That's right. and he's going to pull the trigger. Right. And luckily... Andy shoots his brother in the chest. Yeah, he takes out his own brother. Yeah, and everybody's okay. They are, except for then Sam has this moment of realization. As we're wrapping up the show, he's like, wow, we thought Andy was good, but he wasn't good. He killed. And Dean's like, what are you talking about? He killed. Well, he did what he had to do. He had to save the day, to save yeah. the moment. But Sam's like, no, but the point is, he got pushed to being bad. He got pushed to being bad. And they have this little argument, like, mm-hmm. was it morally right? Was it morally wrong? I personally agree with Dean, but whatever. The point being, now Sam has this other theory that maybe what the Yellow Eye Demon is doing in this sort of soul chess match is forcing good people to do bad things. Right. So they're not necessarily all bad. He can just make them bad. That's right. And then they say goodbye to Andy, but we have a feeling maybe we'll see him again. And say bye to say, oh, and then they go back to Harvell's to the roadhouse. Yes. And they have a little confab yeah. with the group there. And they realize we can't do this as a lonely duo. Right. We've got to team up. That's right. And out comes the whiskey. Yeah. And fade goes the TV. That's right. Well done. Um, well, so Rich, what did you think of the episode? Full beard. Yeah, it's a great episode. It's a great episode. Come Classic. On, you know, from a, on a personal standpoint, I know you're going to say this. I've met everybody in the cast. Yeah, I was like, what? You know, Chad's in it. And uh, G- Gabriel Tigerman is in it. So, so Chad Lindbergh. Yeah. Gabriel Tigerman. Alona Tall. Samantha Ferris. Samantha Ferris. Jared Padalecki's in there. Yeah, Jensen Ackles okay. makes an appearance. So I, we've met at conventions or elsewhere, those four people yeah. we mentioned previously. And yeah. and our friends, like buddies with Chad and Gabe. Yeah. See those totally. guys regularly yeah. on the reg. Um, yeah, so it was, it was fun to see them and see, you know, we, uh, again, having never seen the show, I had no idea really, you know, I like for Chad, you know, um, and we'll, we've talked about this in previous episodes, but, right. you know, to so see Circling him, back to his yeah, storyline. Yeah, to, to see him as Dr. Badass. These are things that I've seen, right. but never really put into context. And then Gabe, yeah, I, I really had no idea what Gabe played. I had no idea. Dude, so this is, I have never known, and there, any poster he's ever had up on the wall at a convention or any eight by 10, he's autographed, is just this shot of Andy kind of standing there. He's not, he's not wielding a weapon right. Or, right. or using his mojo. Yeah. So I've never known... What Andy did, who Andy was, what his skills or lack thereof were. So it was really interesting. I didn't know he was going to have powers. Like Gabe had powers. Gabe had to power. He had some great powers. He's he's such a player when we yeah, first see him exiting the. What is that? Is that just like a hot girl's apartment yeah, where she, her waving in the window and exactly. he and he has his rock and roll van. She's got like a, like a second story walk up, you know. Yeah, 
Um, just then he get, takes coffee off a dude. Yeah, steals a car for a little bit. Yeah. Um, and then how about his creepy twin brother, man? That dude. Here's a here's a question. Why have we been seeing Gabe at conventions for a decade? Not the and twin I've brother. Never met the twin brother. Well, probably because he's really creepy. He was the bad guy, and he got off. I would think fans would want to see the like. He's a good character, and seeing those dudes together. Yeah. Kind of neat. I was kind of hoping it was going to be Gabe as the twin brother. I kind of Evil thought, Gabe. I thought it was going to be Gabe. Yeah. I thought Gabe was going to be able to do the David Hasselhoff, yeah. good me, bad me thing. Yeah. yeah. Or the Richard Spate uh, from season whatever that is. Yeah, but technically I wasn't playing a twin. Right, right. You're just the same person yeah, playing so, every character. Exactly. <laughs> that's just good casting. <laughs> um, so, yeah, no, I thought that was really, you know, and Ben Edlund wrote it. And uh, it's just, a, it's just. I feel like with all those people in it, it's a classic. Obviously, it meant something to people because Gabe didn't do a whole bunch of episodes, but he, he appears a lot at these conventions. Oh, and I'll tell you, the opening scene with the gentleman playing the doctor yeah, going to the gun, gun shop. That was a great scene. It was pretty brutal, especially in today's world. Especially in today's world, but well shot. Yeah, like well acted, and he was just such a sweet neighborhood doctor, and the gun shop owner knew him, and all of that was those actors played it really well. Yeah, with a surprise, he's like, "No, no, no, it's no big deal." And the gun shop owner going, "Hey, uh, Dave, you want to doc?" I mean, it was yeah. like he knew him that well. He's like, "Hey, hey, doc." It was really well done that that teaser. Yeah, and um. But he was wearing very large pants. Did you notice that? I don't know if it was just the sign of the times. I keep my eyes above the belt, Bobby. But <laughs> hey, that's your uh, that's your field of study. Very baggy pants. Um, <laughs> Bobby handles below the belt. I handle above the belt. That's how we divide like, and conquer. Yeah, we could have we could have <laughs> tucked it in a little bit. You know what I mean? You know, I thought it was crazy. One of the things I like about this, why it gets a full freaking beard. How nice is it to hear the rock and roll tunes that are supposed uh, to be in there? So great and great tunes in this great one. Tunes. But yeah. like, you know, there's no way they could have pulled out the uh, Spinal Tap. Spinal Tap is great. No, the uh, 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 the song by Ario Speedwagon because right. Dean sings it and like it's part of the. Sh- yeah, you had to have that. You had to have that. Yeah. But when they started playing Stonehenge, I'm like, oh, this is yeah, it's so great to hear the real songs. Yeah, yeah, I know. Yeah. And then Black Black Days. Yeah, Soundgarden. Soundgarden. So I'm good. Like, Full beards for uh, all of us and. Uh, yeah, very full. Well, we're very lucky today. We have two separate interviews today. That's a, up, that's a big one for us, Robbie. That's a big one. That's a big one. First up, we have the writer of the episode and of 23 episodes of Supernatural between 2006 and 2013. That's a lot. Ben Edlund. He was the creator and executive producer of The Tick, both the live action and the animated versions. And he created and wrote the comic book. Tick is such a great character. So great. Uh, other TV credits include Firefly, Angel, Revolution, Gotham, and Fantasy Island. Then we have... Actor Gabe Tigerman. The best. Friend, performer, legendary character on the show. He played Andy Gallagher in two episodes of Supernatural. One of the first characters to really pop with the audience. Um, more recently, you can see him in Bosch, Legacy, in Silicon Valley. He's also had guest spots on NCIS Los Angeles, Colony, Bones, and Masters of Sex. First up, here's our interview with Ben Edlund. We are talking about uh, episode five, season two of Supernatural, and we have with us the I'm a legend in the world of Supernatural. A legend writing. in the world of writing in general. You, know, you can't you can't say hello, I created the tick, and not have people like bend the knee. You know That's what I right. mean? Like this man's a, a, a or or Ben the Edland. <laughs> ben Edland, everybody. Hi, Ben. Oh. That was nicely done. Um, I'm well. I'm good. Good to see you. 
Good. Good to see you. How are things? Good. Really good. Really good. We're excited to talk to you. Um, Now, what's your supernatural origin story? When did you come? When did you start on the team? Believe I was asked by Eric to join in season one and was on Angel, I think, at the time. But uh, it came around on season two that uh, I was I was available. So I came in on season two. Um, I had known Eric for a while. We had talked way back when he was running uh, Tarzan, wow. of all things. Oh, wow. Um, wow. And he had expressed interest in writing, which was cool. Uh, he was a Tick fan, so I kind of had him from probably an unfair, uh, he might have been eating cereal. I'm not sure. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, so that was great. Um, and it began a really uh, fruitful period of world building and lots and lots of fun. That's great. Um, and so the Roadhouse was introduced <laughs> in uh, Everybody Loves Loves a Clown. And then we see it here again. W- what was the process of, of, of establishing this as a re- recurring element? Was there talk in the writer's room about, okay, we need a home base and the Roadhouse is going to be the home base? Yes. As far as, uh, I think that was a second season um, development that wanted to kind of build out a, uh, yeah, a kind of a, a place they could dock probably with the desire to just have, in addition to, you know, more lore, more of a sense of like hub of hunters and things along those lines. Uh, also a standing set, you know, which in the case, I mean, it's, because it worked 15 years, it, it, people maybe forgot that this was kind of miraculous. At the, it was a road show. Right. And it was always on the move. Um, and anything that could stand and be returned to was, a, you know, could be an important part of strategy to keep making shows. So that was, it had an engineering component, but it was also just fun to have a hunter's haven. I think yeah. that's yep. sort of like almost a cantina bar, yeah. you know, sort of idea. So when it came to Simon Said and continuing that sort of, it was very early in the development of it, which was fun. And the development of Ash and, you know, the secondary layer of mythology that was rolling in to build out that sort of deeper world. I love that stuff. So I, yeah. Was, yeah. I was just happy to begin yeah. new narrative paths. Yeah. Now, when you originally conceived of the episode, were you going to have one of the twins be deformed? Was that part of the original story? Yes. Oh, no. It was, this was terrible. Uh, yeah, it's amazing. I continued to work on Supernatural. Actually, once we get <laughs> down to it, because it took me forever to turn in my my first premise. It took me so long, uh, and I was mostly dealing with John Scheiben uh-huh, because he was right. kind of my point person at that time. I think I got a call from Eric going like, "We could really use that premise," but I was, was the first one, and I hadn't really started working yet. So I was like, just uh, I hadn't come into the office, I, and I made a gigantic epic that had these twins. And they, uh, one was deformed and had convinced the other one that he was uh, mentally impaired using uh, mind control. So it was a sort of a grapes of, uh, no, no, sorry. Uh, of mice, of and, mice men. and men kind yeah. of arrangement, but it was all in the mind of one generated in the, it was insane. Yeah, of mice and men. Um, and, uh, and then at the end, yes, one twin ate the other. <laughs> Because he had failed to eat him in the womb, I think. Anyway, the whole thing was absurd. And, on the other and they side, backed I, off of that. That's weird. It, well, uh, whatever. <laughs> the other side of the... I had pitched this to John Scheibman, 
they were like they well i and in the center of it i was talking about this guy who could write thoughts instead of reading them and there was a very sort of solid core that became the actual thing but yeah i would say um it's like i put it in a a blender with uh, some kind of warped version of vcs and just turned it on i and then uh, anyway um it got much simplified by the needs of of television (laughs) (laughs) um but still it worked out pretty well right right and so you created this character Andy, and Andy comes back at the end of season of season two. Was was it was that something the producers planned on this early? Did you know that the Dave, Gabe Tigerman's character would be coming back later in the season? Uh, it was, I think, part of a, a yes. I mean, I don't think it was a completely clear itinerary for Andy in particular, but all of the psychic kids that were part of Sam's kind of origination storyline. The, the sort of generation of psychic kids that he was a part of were uh, were we were populating the field in order to create that end game of you know attrition and conflict and you know all of the things that ended up with Jake I think stabbing Sam spoiler spoiler uh, <laughs> it's but, okay you know, it was a <laughs> you know it was a, a sort of a building of a bestiary knowing that. There was a sort of a plan ahead. Yeah. I'm sure, Eric, you know, uh, a few of those fundamentals already kind of laid out. Sure. So people who know yeah. <laughs> people who know the show well know Ben Edlund episodes are standouts. Like you're, you're a, aside from being a great writer, you have a way of having a subversive sense of humor permeate your episodes. I'm curious in looking at this episode, there's elements like the barbarian queen riding a polar bear. There's the way Dean speaks when he's being mind controlled and the way he just is so chipper when he turns over the, 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 the Impala, like how much that feels very Ben Edlund to me. It feels very you. And, and so do you feel like supernatural encouraged that voice from you? Because later on in seasons, it gets bigger and bigger. Was that something you were given license to do right out of the gate by Eric? Cause he was a fan. Yes. I mean, I, I think in part that was something Eric was looking to, add more of to the show and knew that I could help in doing that. So I recall retur- turning in that script and Eric being very pleased. It felt like a little bit of a chemistry shift that a little of my uh, humor sort of, it just fit very well. Yes. Um, it turns out, yeah, I think the van was me. <laughs> I think that uh, that whole Andiness was like a kind of a, a new thing kind of walking in sort of, uh, yeah. of a, a, a slovenly, mundane sort of, well, I wouldn't necessarily go epic with my power <laughs> yeah, right. um, sort of thing that, that was, it fit like a glove. It worked very well. And prior to that, I think, or developing in about that same time was Tall Tales, which was another sort of breakthrough episode which had dancing with an alien and a bunch of sort of weekly world news sort of uh, headline creatures. And I feel like that too was the second season kind of reaching out, started pushing at its borders to a degree. Yeah. Right. I have a longstanding issue with, with Eric on Tall Tales because did Bat Boy should have been in there. Bat Boy should have been in there. 
<laughs> I don't disagree. And he agrees. I think he agrees now. Good. Was that a conversation? I mean, we, we can we can remove this for tall tales when we're doing this conversation. But did they? Was there a debate in the room about let's do Bat Boy and he shut it down? <laughs> I I pitched Bat Boy. I think that it had just reached its crazy for the time. Like it, there was a line that it had, it <laughs> was pushing crazy. too hard in the moment for what supernatural would one day become. Bat boy is, is no Paris Hilton. I've heard that quote a thousand times. The show kept going. <laughs> so Dean sings, I can't fight this feeling anymore. And Stonehenge is part of this episode. Stonehenge is such a great song to play at the introduction of the van and Andy, did you and Kripke bond over your love for Spinal Tap? I would imagine, but uh, I think that Stonehenge was a choice made in the latter phase of its. Yeah, I don't think I called for Stonehenge. Although, gotcha. okay. I mean, I will. I, I do it less now, but I I was at that time. If ever given a chance, I would quote the peer, the part of the movie where they worked out the size of Stonehenge on a set because it's only like three feet tall. And then, yeah. is it Michael McKean? Whoever says, well, a dwarf could trod upon it. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's in the danger, it's in danger of being trod upon by a dwarf. Uh, anyway, uh, so that was part of the culture, absolutely. But uh, I don't know that that was one of mine. I yeah, yeah, not. yeah. But it works. It does work. It and does the work. And the, and the art, I mean, whatever idea you put in of the van, the, certainly the Jerry Wanick and the art department, did the spray painting artwork brilliantly because it's such a funny visual. The barbarian queen on the bear. Yeah. It's awesome. <laughs> it's the best. Yeah, it works. It's, uh, you know, it is, uh, it is Frazetta. It says Frazetta. I don't think it is Frazetta probably, but it, it, it is Frazetta, which is what it should be. Um, it, uh, you know, that's, uh, that was a, a, a really amazing, and it was really early in their development. That was an amazing group of people that came together and really built a world that, you know, and they just loved, there was a lot of joy, like putting just all kinds of things into the details. And uh, yeah, Jerry is yep, amazing. Yeah. And John, uh, you know, you know yeah. those guys. Yeah. an amazing group of people. Now this, the episode yeah. for all its fun and levity actually deals with a deeper issue, deeper theme. It's Sam's struggle with his destiny. Was that something that you found easy to layer in to this story, given the sort of the the, the, the recurrence of the mind control issue uh, th that was that was introduced earlier on? Now he was having these flashbacks and and visions, and then we meet this other character, Andy, and Andy has this ability to control somebody with his with his voice and his mind. Was that idea purposely used to tie Sam to this story and his destiny, or was that a happy accident? Uh, the idea of mind control in particular as it relates to destiny and yes. fate or just, I think it must have been a happy accident because it, it seems like a very keen observation to me <laughs> as opposed to a uh, <laughs> uh, something that came of its creation, you know? Um, uh, yeah, I, I, you know, the goal at that point was to keep showing Sam sort of cautionary tales of different monsters he might become. So Andy was the, in a way, it, it's less about the mind control being a, a, a sort of a, a surrogate for some other form of uh, life control or surrendering, surrendering control to destiny because it really wasn't in the fabric of Sam's walk. Like for me, it was a little more like 
scary road signs of where you might be heading. So that was the creepiness of Andy's brother. Or Max, I think, was the previous kid with telekinesis. You know, he, he had these right, yeah. horrifying role models of what he might be he might be becoming. But what I liked about Andy was he was like, uh, I always call it uh, 34-year-old Jesus. The one who decided, I don't think so. <laughs> but like, basically, Andy didn't want to be a part of it. You know, he was someone who was living a, a, in a slightly different uh, tone. Anyway, it was uh, right. Right. It was it was good. It, it was a good challenge right out of the gate of balancing some very that's a that's a seesaw of tone and it, and it goes to very dark places. But yeah, it does. I think keep its ability. I mean, it's it, it keeps a, a tonal place. Okay, uh, nicely done by the director. Uh, agreed, and nicely done by you. So that actually leads into my my final question here. So this is your first experience of supernatural this is the first episode you you wrote for the show early and it's still yeah had one season but it's still early in its development my question to you is what was your reaction to the finished product did you feel like your script your blueprint was accurately executed and were you happy with the result yes i didn't i was um i was really pleased with how it fell together first of all it was the first time i got to see Sam and Dean to say my words. That's getting to get a feel for how Jared and Jensen take your material and roll with it. And things like, you know, that moment where Jensen is just gushing open all of their information to Andy and Sam is looking like they have some really nice comedic moments in this that are really funny. It just went beautifully. So, yeah, um, I I was very pleased because I kind of felt like this is a, an outfit that has a strong, you know, like uh, these really good two outboard motors on the boat that, that have a lot of power and like a lot of range. It just felt like you can see a lot of road ahead to speak yeah. in the parlance of supernatural. You know. <laughs> Genius. Yeah. Well, thank you so much, Ben. You know, uh, you've written so many of the greatest episodes uh-huh. of the show. We'll definitely have you back. Oh, we're going to be back with Ben, for yeah, sure. Yeah, we'll have more to, to ask you, but uh, it's great to have you come on and you know talk about your first episode that you wrote for this, this show. And uh, yeah, it's just great to see you, buddy. Thank you so much. Okay, guys, hold on. We're coming right back. Hey, everybody. Thanks for listening. And now back to the episode. That was great. So great to talk with Ben. Such a creative force, that man. Yeah, it's so smart. Uh, just, just great. Um, Speaking of smart and great, yeah, we got another interview. Oh, that's right. Hey, let's get right to it. This is Gabriel Tigerman. We are so lucky to have our old buddy Gabe Tigerman with us, who of course played Andy Gallagher. Yeah, uh, he did. Makes his first appearance in Simon Said, and he, uh, he does. Yeah, it's lovely to have you with us, Gabe. Yeah, it's, it's great to have you with. So Gabe's an old friend of ours. We don't have. We can like toss aside the uh, script, the, the the niceties. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, I don't, no, no. And I'm not. No. I'm not asking this first question, Rob. I refuse. Whoa. I refuse Whoa. to ask this. I'm going. I'll tell you what the question is. It's every time we do you? an interview. 
Yeah, yeah exactly. Because <laughs> you know what? I don't want to know, Gabe. It's, it's rock hard. I know. No, it's um. The question is always, how do you like working with Jared and Jensen? And mm. first of all, no one's going to come on and say it was a hellscape. Certainly not Gabe. I know Gabe's friends with them. <laughs> it's just a like it's just a ritual at this point to ask that question. You know what I mean? Like, you know what? I'll go the other way. I'll let you know the truth. All right, please. Thank you. A nightmare. Yeah, right? It was a disaster, yeah. and it's immediate. It's immediate. You meet yeah. them, and you can sense that they're so full of it. They're yeah. so right. Fake. Yeah, and they're so Hollywood. Yeah. Oh my god! And I mean, they were just uh, much shorter, <laughs> much shorter in person. <laughs> well, that's tiny. the other thing. I don't know what they do with right. the with the camera. There's like somebody shared a shot of of Jared next to me. He is shorter than me. Like that is oh, that's wow. just a Long. fact. That's yeah. a fact. Yeah, and I don't. I, you know, it's like it's like Tom Cruise times a thousand. Like Apple boxes, blue uh, screens. Yeah. It's just nonsense. Well, bald as a cue ball, short. You know. <laughs> yeah, it's bald as a cue ball. Yes. Uh, bad skin. Okay, I want to. I want to back up a second. I'm watching yeah. this episode. Rich and I are watching the show for the first time. Yeah. I have never seen a lot of my good friends work in the show. Um, oh, that's funny because you were always saying, "Oh, you're so so great." Great on the Whoa. show. I know it, it shows that I'm a liar and a bad friend. Okay, yeah. good. Um, Rob's, Rob's what we call in the business full of shit. Yeah, so you right, need to know. Right, right. Uh, Lee's Rich tells the truth. He just says, nah, I've never watched it. No, nope, I never fan. saw it. Yeah. Um, at any rate, nevertheless, yeah. you're amazing. Uh, I'm watching the episode. I'm like, oh my God, this is. Here's Gabe. This is Gabe. This is why he's <laughs> beloved. Um, you're, 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 it's it's a great role. It's a great role for you. You nail it. It was just a delight. Thank it you. Really, really was, and I could see why you're a fan favorite. Um, yeah, it was just it was it was great to see. Thank you very much. I it is. I haven't seen it in quite some time, but I remember enjoying it very much and finding the character. Even just reading it, just being like, "This guy's adorable." <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, you know, I never and I never knew what you played. You know, I really right. didn't know no. what you played. And and no. and I love that. You know, when we first catch up with him, he's sort of this. He's really taking advantage of this thing, and he's just like, <laughs> "Oh man, yeah, not to with the that ex- girl." And, not to the extent of uh, that that one could. Uh, no. He definitely hasn't maximized uh, right. his his abilities. Yeah. No, but but he but he he certainly isn't solving any major problems in the world. No, no, no. I thought it was interesting. So to Rob's point, yeah, I'd never seen your episode of the sh- your episodes of the show. Mm. And, you know, I go to conventions with you. I see your giant 10-foot linoleum poster mm-hmm. that's a still from the, the show. And that's all I've ever seen. Mm-hmm. And I'm watching the episode. And so I know you. I'm totally biased because I know you really well. And then here you come on and you're like, you know, you're getting you're getting with some chick using your mind power. And I'm like, right? Gabe? It's and a then, questionable. And then you take a coffee from a guy and sure. drink it. And I'm like, oh, germ central. Oh. Like you just took a coffee right off a guy. This is acting. I would never. <laughs> that was definitely pre-COVID. <laughs> Very much so. It's dated. Um, you got to use your own van. I exciting. did. Well, that was, I insisted on that. <laughs> <laughs> Which, by the way, I, you, if you ever get the uh, art department people, if that the fact that they have a velvet tiger uh, print in the van, I don't know if that was like a little like last name uh, oh, thing. Oh <laughs> yeah, I don't think I didn't think so, but uh, but now yeah, that's interesting. Yeah. I didn't think about that. But no. you, it's a much darker character. D- jokes mm. aside, a much darker yeah. character than I was expecting. Right? Yeah. Yeah. I, it's. 
I mean, they have such, they give you so much to do uh, for a guest star. Whereas I feel like most guest stars, you're like, boom, in and out. And that's, yeah, you get right. one scene to kind of do your thing. Whereas this is like, oh, there's a lot going on with this guy. Yeah, hey, yeah. yeah, let's explore it. Yeah. Now, had you met Ben Edlund or have you met Ben, Ed- ben Edlund who wrote the episode? No. Never. No. Wow. Still. So we talked to him as well in this episode um, yes. about that, about the creator. So he knows all, he knows you. He knows all hey. about you. So, um, he's like, that guy ruined my words. <laughs> oh, my God. You saw our interview. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> no, it, yeah. you know, interesting because he's not, he's like, well, he's a bit of a legend. He created The Tick. He's a great writer. Oh, so cool. uh, And he, this is his first Supernatural episode. Oh, it is. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. So it's that. like sort of iconic in that regard as well. Oh, that's rad. It is. It is. I, I'm curious. Had you ever seen Supernatural before doing the show? No. So I when I I had auditioned like two weeks before a previous episode of Supernatural. I thought I was okay. thought I was totally going to book that. That was a little bit more like immediately my kind of casting. He was uh, this character who. He's just really trying to, to uh, he wants this girl to really like him. And I forget if she dies, he reanimates. It's like a pet cemetery type reanimation. Oh, we just. That guy. Yeah. Yeah, we're yeah. Doing that. watch that. Yeah. We're doing yeah. This, yeah. Um, and so I was like, boom, I got this. Nothing. And then I came back for this and I thought, oh, not not my immediate casting. Uh, like the the kind of stoner Kind of thing. I was, I was, uh, you know, I tend to tend to go a little more clean cut, right? Um, uh, and and following the law because uh, at the time uh, marijuana was illegal, uh, oh, right. which yeah. I brought up and they didn't care. Um, and I was like, "What <laughs> message are we sending?" Um, and so, but I walked, <laughs> I walked into the waiting room and I looked around. I was like, I was like, "Oh, I'm not getting this." Like, look, the everyone here, like that guy is high right now. There's no like, like this isn't. No one's gonna believe. It. But I, when I got it, I was surprised and excited. But then I went and I watched uh, an episode there, and uh, right, right then, or like it was, it was bad. I didn't have DVR, like so I saw the the last bit of an episode, um, yeah. and so I didn't know. I, I just had gotten a little glimpse of it. Uh, so yeah, that that's that's what I'm trying to say, <laughs> right? And then, um, did you do any improv in the audition? Was any of the part is when improv improv when you shot it no you know what it's so funny like with because i have that's my background is a lot of is yeah. a lot of improv um i always feel like and i'm curious what you guys your experience like that there isn't as much room to kind of play around in tv stuff unless it's like very specific like oh it's yeah, this is how old am I? Reno 911 or Curb Your Enthusiasm. There's something like that where it's literally like, it's like they have dinner and you're like, okay, we're supposed to improvise. Whereas I feel like for the most part, uh, I just said for the most part, don't worry about that. You can fix it. You, can fix it. <laughs> you know, back on Petticoat Junction, we used to improvise. <laughs> yeah. They don't do it anymore. Yeah. No way. No Michael way. Lennon was a son of a bitch. Um, <laughs> Ma'am, it once killed me because <laughs> I'm improvised to a comma. Oh, <laughs> son of a bitch. You don't, I, I'm right there with you. I don't think it's an improvisational set. I mean, yeah. even from having from TV guest spots in general, but I do think yeah. Supernatural, sometimes maybe yeah. if Jared or Jensen start it. You take your cues very much from the room. Sure, right. <laughs> yeah, yeah. 
Yeah. You yeah. Have in that space after the yell, right before the yell cut, where you've done the scene, they don't yeah, yell yeah, yeah. cut right away, and they let you like, go. Well, if they haven't, if they haven't said cut, and there's no more words, then free for all. You're on. Yeah. Right. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But that uh, said, that, I don't think this is that. <laughs> this is that show. I don't even even yeah, the no. lighter moments. So it doesn't surprise me that that wasn't part of the. No, no, there was nothing. I mean, I feel like everything was just like it was how you say it but it wasn't uh wasn't what you said you even stuff like uh i, I had a recurring thing on silicon valley and people were like oh those sets must be like tons of improv it's like nope like Nothing. we were yeah. like they were they were very specific and yeah. it was great and uh, the writing's it, good it, that's the, that's, that's the other thing yeah yeah totally you find that they have you improvise more when the script isn't great <laughs> you know <what> I mean? <laughs> sure. yeah but uh so so Andy, he's a good guy, but he's a little immature. Sure. Um, do you think later in life he would have used his power for something greater? Um, I feel like he's forced to grow up a little bit in the span of Simon Said. And oh, so, yeah. Like he yeah. definitely sees, well, first of all, he sees the stakes of, of existence uh, in, this, in this world very much. But I absolutely think he's, that he is forced to kind of look around and outside of his, his, his little existence yeah. living in a van down by the river, theoretically. <laughs> yeah. Did you think that, that you were going to be the bad guy? Because you're you're such a likable actor and a likable persona. I guess I guess my question is, how much did you know about the character before you auditioned? I don't know what your sides were, but then you get the job. Did you know? Oh, I become an ally of the guys. Or I mean, what did you not know and know versus the audition process versus working? Hmm. Let me try to remember. I remember there being a ton of sides. Like I remember it being. Oh, yeah. There's a lot of sides and there's like a lot of action and like so that must have like they really covered a lot and so I I think that I. I think that I knew that I wasn't I wasn't a bad guy in the in the end. And so yeah. And and even then, even if I did, I, I don't know. I tend to kind of just go with what I <laughs> go with what they give me and right. uh and and tend to go for the philosophy that that a lot of people don't even bad people don't think that they're they're bad even <laughs> if they totally are. Yeah. Um and so it doesn't it didn't it wouldn't I don't know how much it would have changed things but I think I knew. I think I knew uh kind of they gave a lot. Andy uh, is so not a bad guy if you think about no. it. I mean even what he uses his powers for is like <laughs> right. what a teenage boy would use his powers for. You know it really what I mean? Like, is. Yeah, totally. Yeah. Yeah, he's getting snacks and yeah. he's, <laughs> you know, it's a little questionable. Like, they try to make it fun about like the lady up in the room who's like out of his league. That, yeah. but you're like, like I hope he just like impressed her uh, <laughs> with some like like a like a, a, a like guessing a number. Yeah, yeah, I guessing like what number she was holding behind her back. I assumed you guys were yeah. doing playing Uno or something, but Rob had this whole dirty sub. Weird. Story that That's he, weird. Yeah, yeah no, no. I, we I, my we, mind always goes to sex. What? Oh, I didn't get that from weird. That. Yeah. 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 It is the only character I've had that's introduced introduced in a silk kimono, uh, which is fine. <laughs> but not finally. the last, God willing. <laughs> no, that's the dream. That's why I keep holding out. I'm going to say a piece of trivia that I'm based. I'm basing this on no facts other than my own brain. Why would you? But I feel very confident in saying that you're the only guest star of Supernatural to have ever driven the Impala on screen. Is that? I know that's a big deal. I think you may be right. 
guest star. People are I mean, like I, yelling at the podcast right now yeah. of how wrong. <laughs> well, it's good. It's good to have them engaged. You know, no. we want them engaged. Season yeah. eight, episode nine. Yeah, uh, I wonder if Mike <laughs> ever. Like, I don't think they ever uh, go to hell on this show. I don't, I don't count. Think- <laughs> I'm counting. I said. I said guest star. It can't yeah. be. It can't be Alex right. Calvert, Misha Collins. Mm-hmm. Okay. Nope. Uh, nope. I wouldn't. I would say Ruthie Connell doesn't like. The, they're too okay. big. Okay. Right. Technically, they're like, guest stars, but okay. Yeah. Got it. But I got once you. you're I got recurring you. past okay. a certain point, yeah. Once, okay. you, once you've done 15 episodes, I feel like you're, you know, <laughs> yes. in a different right. category. Right. Um, I did. So yes, I did. Yeah. And I did drive. I did drive the Impala, which I didn't. I didn't realize the significance of it until until later but i did while on set i could tell there was like an intensity uh, <laughs> as they handed the keys over and i was like i'm like what's happening <laughs> like why is everyone everyone's stopped what they're doing and is staring like, it was really if you look back uh when i drive off I'm going like five miles an hour. Like it is, I'm clearly nervous about the whole thing. Uh, Yeah. Uh, So I don't really, I didn't really, I didn't open it up. I didn't open her up or anything. Right, right, right. Yeah, I feel like I could tell. You're definitely the only guest star to have stolen baby. And I, you know, as I was watching. With my mind. Yeah, with Mm. mind tricks. Is that even Um, stealing? Yes, um, it is. Did you know that uh, you'd be coming back at the end of season two? No, no, not at all. Because I was it was a one it was a one-off as far as, as I knew. We shot the last, like the, hey, Andy, stay good or something like, like be good, stay good, something where they, they send me off. Right. Um, and I, I, it wasn't until then where I was like, huh, they're just leaving this kid in uh, <laughs> like yeah. with these pretty helpful superpowers. Uh, yeah. They're just leaving him here? Yeah. Huh, okay. Yeah. Uh, and, and I had in the back of my mind, like, oh, uh, maybe, maybe something could happen here. And then right. it wasn't until, I don't know, however many months later that I got. Several months uh, later. Uh, yeah. 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 That I got called like that there you're on, you're pinned for this. Right. And, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. and then I ran into the casting assistant, casting, uh, assistant at a, is very fancy sounding at a, uh, a film festival up in Santa Barbara. Yeah. Ooh. And I guess she'd had a few Chardonnays Ooh. and she excitedly told me, oh, Gabe, we got the script. You totally die. Spoiler alert for no one <laughs> for, who for is. Richard, not. No. For, yeah, for you guys. For you yeah. guys. Yeah. Um, yeah. I was so excited and then just came uh, crashing down because I had man. I had dreams of of like because I got in I'd gotten into it. I'm like, this was so much it was it was the most fun I'd had on a job. And the mm-hmm. idea of coming back and like maybe more mm-hmm. uh was so exciting. <laughs> yeah. just like, it was just like immediately, like it's official, you're back, slash. Totally dead. Uh, yeah. And you know what's funny? I, I'm sure that that casting associate didn't mean to crush your dreams. And it's funny how I've I've had that happen. Sure. I know you have too, Rob, where somebody's like, dude, you're back. You know, bummer you get annihilated. Yeah, yeah. I'm like, I do? <laughs> oh, Christ. Like, you never even no. savor the return because you're like, well. No, no. The keep hope alive, Gene. In your mind, it's like, oh man, it's just going to be me, Jensen, and Jared just this hitting the it. open road. Just hitting the. I mean, it only makes sense that they would need a, a little. A, now that's a show right? that would have stayed yeah, on the air, as opposed to petering yeah. out after it, you know, know after seventy-two seasons. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, I feel like that's what the people wanted. They wanted a road trip trio, and they blew it. 
They blew it. I know. Um, <laughs> You're not wrong. Uh, well, it's so great to talk to you, and um, we're gonna we're gonna plan to have you back on for your other episode at the end yeah. of this. Oh, yeah. oh yeah. We can bookend it, but um, yeah. yeah. Which, by the way, now I know. Like you've already ruined it for me, so I don't know. Oh yeah, yeah. I'm glad. Yeah. I'm glad I could. See, I told you I was going to ruin. Richard. You're like the casting associate, and I'm like yeah. Dave Tiger. Yeah. <laughs> I've had so many Chardonnays yeah. and just crushing life. <laughs> Thank you for coming oh. to do this, buddy. Really appreciate it. We'll be right back. Hey there, thanks for listening. Now, back to the episode. Both guys, super interesting. Interesting to me, I always think it's fun, Rob, when we realize that two people who have very big, impactful parts uh, in an episode have actually never met. (laughs) I know, exactly. I was going to say, my biggest takeaway was that they never met each other. Uh, And, you know, Gabe's character is the creation of Ben Edlund. It was interesting to me. Makes sense that they haven't met if you think about the logically, but you just forget about that. Yeah, yeah, I guess so. Anyway, uh, great guys. Great to have them on yeah. the show. So glad they were part of this fantastic episode. Well, let's get into the mythology of this episode. Mythology. 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 In the West African region of Burkina Faso, twins are revered for having special powers, like healing the sick, warding off danger, and predicting the future. How'd you know it was Faso and not Faso? I didn't. I guessed. And you didn't correct me. So I was like, oh, all right. Uh, I bet you got it right. right. What do I know? What do I know? Um, Well, what do you think about that? It's kind of creepy. I think there have been reports of twins' abilities which have confounded science for generations. Okay. Twins experiencing each other's pain. Wow. uh, Sharing the same dreams and memories. Even lying to each other and and dating the same girl in some of Hollywood's sexiest B-comedies. That's right. <laughs> now, what did you uh, did you know very many twins growing up? Uh, I knew uh, Bubba and David Montgomery. I knew. Um, Trying to think of who else I knew. Oh, there's old Willie and 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 Flatfinger. Are, are you making fun of Southerners? Is this the part of the show where you make fun of of the middle of America, the flyover states, our bread and butter, ladies and gentlemen, Rob Benedict? <laughs> <laughs> and then there's old JJ and Corkscrew Wilson. I love that Rob always acts like he's from Manhattan. He's from Columbia, Missouri. He that's knew right. a Bubba. Well, I you, guarantee you, you had a Bubba you knew. Oh, yeah. I knew a couple Bubbas. Yeah. That's why I'm laughing with, not at. I know. Um, but I'm trying to think of other twins I knew. Did you know other twins? Lots. In my high school at one point, there were like five sets of twins. Wow. Yeah. And I was really, really good friends with two two sets of these twins. The You're from twin um, country. Yeah. I yeah. now have twin nephews, and JC has twin nieces. And she has twin uncles. Hmm. So she has, the machete has a lot of twins hmm. in her family. Uh, yeah, John and Chris Maupin and John and Doug Day, both sets of twins that I was really good friends with. That's shout, awesome. Shout out to the Days and the Maupins. Um, there are other famous twins with special abilities in pop culture, including the Wonder Twins in the DC Universe. Tommy and Billy from WandaVision. Tomax and Xamot from G.I. Joe. Who could forget Tomax and Xamot? Not me. Hey, by the way, that's just like, they just spelled the kid's name backwards. Tomax ah, and then Xamot is just... That's lazy. It is lazy. And Luke and Ecool Skywalker. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> Luke and Leah Skywalker. I didn't know they were twins. You did. I know. I knew they were brother and sister. I didn't know they were twins. Uh, yes. Luke and Leah are twins. Uh, she had them uh, in episode three. She has them at the same time, and they're quickly whisked away from each other. Ah, yeah. there you go. One, one uh, 
is, is decided is going to be raised in the royal uh, politician world. That's why she becomes the princess. Right. And then the other one is like, goes off to Tatooine where Obi-Wan Kenobi is going to watch from the shadows. Okay. Uh, fun facts. Fun facts. Fun facts. Fun facts. Fun The license plate on Andy's van car is a Star Wars reference, speaking of Luke and Leia. Why is it called a van car? Huh? You said the license plate on Andy's van car. I said that? Yeah. Huh, I don't know. I don't know where that came from. <laughs> but it is. It is a car. It's an automobile, and it's a van. All right. And the, and the license plate says, are you Obi-Wan? What's the answer? No, he's okay. not Obi-Wan. <laughs> in episode 10 of season one, Asylum Dean, as we call him, no, in episode 10 of season one, Asylum, Dean used the alias Nigel Tufnell, one of the band members of Spinal Tap, the fake band that performs the song Stonehenge in the episode. Not a fake band, actually had an album. Uh, <laughs> I would argue that they're a real band. Uh, real guys who played real music. Nevertheless, they do play Stonehenge in this they do. episode. They do. Um, and and they're remaking, or no, they're coming out with a, a sequel to that we recently read. And it's uh, Christopher Guest plays Nigel Tufnell in yeah. the movie Spinal Tap. So good. So, hey, spread the word, tell your friends, and be sure you follow us on Instagram and Twitter at SPN Then and Now for updates and tidbits and all kinds of fun stuff. We're going to be really churning it out uh, really soon. So get on board, be the first, tell your friends. Super fun episode of the podcast and just packed with goodies. So we hope you enjoyed it and we'll see you in the next one. This episode of Supernatural stars Jensen Ackles as Dean Winchester and Jared Padalecki as Sam Winchester. Guest stars featured include Gabriel Tigerman as Andy Gallagher, Elisa Tufexis as Ansem Weems, Samantha Ferris as Ellen Harvell, Alona Tall as Joe Harvell, and Chad Lindbergh as Ash. Simon Said was written by Ben Edland, directed by Tim Iacofano. Editing by Anthony Pinker, music by Jay Greska. Executive produced by Eric Kripke and Robert Singer. The episode originally aired on October 26, 2006. The original broadcast of the episode featured the following songs. Can't Fight This Feeling by Ario Speedwagon. Stonehenge by Spinal Tap. Fell on Black Days by Soundgarden. Tired of Crying by Lil Ed and the Blues Imperials. Uncle John by Eric Lindell, and Women's Wear by Master Source. This episode of Supernatural Then and Now was hosted and executive produced by Richard Spate Jr. and Rob Benedict. Produced by Stephen Hine. Written by Stephen Hine and Heide Holscher. And edited and associate produced by Trey Booty. Sup, Booty? Music provided by Tim Wynn. The episode was recorded with the help of Sonic Fuel Studios. This podcast is from Story Mill Media. Hey! There he is. Can you hear us and see us? What was that? Sorry, uh, my phone rang. Okay. <laughs> what was the sound? Hold on, my uh, my food's here. One second. You you, okay, you, yeah. you, keep talking you have food here, really? You know, uh, I I'm it, the one with COVID. He's got the food. He didn't delivered. send you. He didn't send no. you something nice. No, no. Some soup. Rob wouldn't piss on me if I were on fire. I mean, please. <laughs> he wouldn't piss on me if I had COVID. He wouldn't piss on me if my whole fetish thing was being pissed right, on. If that was, if yeah. theoretically that were my thing, he wouldn't. Even if we were in <laughs> if a bathtub my, if, and I was begging. Dude, if my jam was getting golden showers from short people from Columbia, Missouri, he would not even think about it. He no is that selfish. Yeah. No.
What a monster. I mean, it's a monster. That's the only way. You know what? He's the monster of this week. Story Mill Media. 